Chapter Eleven of Opening a Chestnut Burr by Edward P. Rowe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Chapter Eleven: A Drinking Song at a Prayer Meeting. Having failed in his attempt to induce Annie to remain at home, Gregory resolved that the prayer meeting should not be one of quiet devotion. Mister Walton made him, as an invalid, take the back seat with Annie, while he sat with the driver and gregory after a faint show of resistance gladly complied it's chilly won't you give me half of your shawl he said to her you may have it all she replied about to take it off no i'll freeze first do the brethren and sisters sit together no she answered laughing we have gotten the queer way of dividing the room between us and the few men who attend sit on one side and we on the other oh it's almost a female prayer meeting then do the sisters pray mr gregory you are not a stranger here that you need pretend to such ignorance i think the meeting is conducted very much as when you were a boy with this most interesting difference that you will be there and will sing i hope miss walton where did you learn to sing mainly at home i should think so your voice is as unlike that of a public singer as you are unlike the singer herself it must seem very tame to you it seems very different we have an artificial flower department in our store there is no lack of color and form there i assure you but after all i would prefer your rose garden in june but you would probably prefer your artificial flower department the rest of the year said annie laughing why so our roses are annuals and are only prosaic briars after their bloom imagine them hybrid perennials and monthlies and you have my meaning but your resemblance to a rose extends even to its thorns your words are a little sharp sometimes in the thorns the resemblance begins and ends mr gregory i assure you i am a veritable scotch briar but here we are at our destination i wonder if you will see many old remembered faces i shall be content in seeing yours he replied in a low tone pressing her hand as he assisted her to alight if he could have seen the expression of her face in the darkness it would have satisfied him that she did not receive that style of compliment like many of the bells of his acquaintance who would take the small change of flattery with the smiling complacency of a public doorkeeper they were late the good old pastor was absent and one of the brethren was reading a chapter in the bible gregory took a seat where he could see annie plainly and she sat with her side face toward him he watched her keenly in order to see if she showed any consciousness of his presence the only evidence in his favor was a slight flush and a firmness about the lips as if her will was asserting itself but soon her face had the peaceful and serious expression becoming the place and hour and he saw that she had no thoughts for him whatever he was determined to distract her attention and by restlessness looking fixedly at her sought her eye but only secured the notice of some young girls who thought him badly smitten with miss walton the long chapter having been read a hymn was given out the gentleman who usually led the music was also absent and there was an ominous pause in which the good brother's eye wandered appealingly around the room and at last rested hopefully on annie she did not fail him but with heightened color and voice that trembled slightly at first started the tune it was a sweet familiar air and she soon had the support of other voices one after another they joined her in widely varying degrees of melody even as the example of noble life will gradually secure a number of more or less successful imitators gregory had seen the appeal to her with a half amused half comical look but her sincere and ready performance of the duty that had unexpectedly revealed itself rapidly changed the expression of his face to one of respect and admiration 
distinct and yet blending with the others her voice seemed both to key up and hide the little roughnesses and discords of some who perhaps had more melody in their hearts than in their tones again a divine impulse like a flower-laden breeze sweeping into a dark and graded vault at greenwood stirred gregory's evil nature let her teach you the harmony of noble unselfish living follow her in thought feeling and action as those stammering untuned tongues do in melody and the blight of evil will pass from your life seek not to muddy and poison this clear little rill that is watering a bit of god's world grant that her goodness is not real established and thoroughly tested that it is only a pretty surface picture seek not to blur that picture but the evil heart is like sodom good angel thoughts may come to it but they are treated with violence and driven out his habit of cynical doubt soon returned and his purpose to show miss walton that she was a weak vain woman after all became stronger than ever it seemed to have come to this that his salvation depended on not what miss walton could say or do directly in his behalf but upon her maintenance of a character that even a sceptical world must acknowledge as inspired by heaven and this too against a tempter of unusual skill and tact she might sing with resistless pathos and argue and plead with paul's logic and eloquence his nature might be stirred for a moment as a stagnant pool is agitated by the winds of heaven and like the pool he would soon settle back into his old apathy but if she could be made to show weakness to stumble and fall it would confirm him in his belief that goodness if it really existed was accidental that those whose lives were apparently free from stain deserved no credit because untempted and that those who fell should be pitied rather than blamed since they were unfortunate rather than guilty anything that would quiet and satisfy his conscience in its stern arraignment of his evil life would be welcome the more he saw of miss walton the more he felt that she would be a fair subject upon whom to test his favorite theory therefore by the time one of the brethren present had finished his homely exhortation he was wholly bent upon carrying out his plan but miss walton sat near as innocently oblivious of this plot against her as eve of the serpent's guile before the tempter and temptation came into fatal conjunction what thoughts for and against each other may dwell utterly hidden and unknown in the hearts of those so near that their hands may touch conspiracies to compass the death that is remediless may lurk just behind eyes that smile upon us of course gregory desired no such fatal result to follow his little experiment few who for their own pleasure profit or caprice tempt others wish the evil to work on to the bitter end they merely want a sufficient letting down of principle and virtue for the accomplishment of their purpose and then would prefer that the downward tendency should cease or be reversed the merchant who requires dishonorable practices of his clerk wishes him to stop at a point which in the world's estimation is safe and those who like gregory would take the bloom from a woman's purity and holiness in thought and action that they may enjoy a questionable flirtation would be horrified to see that woman drop into the foul gulf of vice with the blind egotism of selfishness they wish merely to gratify their pleasant inclinations ignoring the consequences they are like children who think it would be sport to see a little cataract falling over a holland dyke therefore when the tide is in they open a small channel but are soon aghast to find that the deep sea is overwhelming the land gregory as usual with his kind thought only of his own desires when he had accomplished these miss walton must take care of herself when from seeming a sweet pure woman she had by a little temptation proved to be capable of becoming a vain flirt he would go back to business and dismiss her from his thoughts with a grim chuckle she is like the rest of us 
and thus annie was destined to meet her mother eve's experience and with the energy and promptness of evil gregory was keenly on the alert for anything to further his purpose it would seem that the satanic ally in such schemes does not permit opportunity to be wanting long the leader of the meeting again selected a hymn but of a peculiar metre he read only two lines and then looked expectantly toward annie who could not at the moment think of a tune that would answer and while with knit brows she was bending over her book to her unbounded surprise she heard the hymn started by a clear mellow tenor voice looking up she saw gregory singing as gravely as a deacon she was sufficiently a musician to know that the air did not belong to sacred music though she had never heard it before in his watchfulness he had noticed her hesitation and glancing at the meter saw instantly that the measure of a drinking song he knew well would fit the words this fell out better than he had hoped and with the thought i will jostle her out of her dignity now he began singing without any embarrassment though every eye was upon him he had been out in the world long enough for that as annie turned with a shocked and half frightened expression toward him his eyes met hers with a sudden gleam of drollery which was irresistible and he had the satisfaction of seeing her drop her head to conceal a smile but he noticed a moment later that her face became grave with disapprobation having sung a stanza he looked around with an injured air as if reproaching the others for not joining in with him the tune is not exactly familiar to us said the good man leading the meeting but if the brother will continue singing we will soon catch the air or perhaps the brother or someone else with a glance at annie will start one better known gregory deliberately turned over the leaves and to the tune of old hundred started a hymn commencing unveil thy bosom faithful tomb take this new treasure to thy trust and give these sacred relics room to slumber in the silent dust annie had a keen sense of the ludicrous and the transition from what he had been singing to the funereal and most inappropriate words was almost too much for her to her impotent anger and self-disgust she felt a hysterical desire to laugh and only controlled herself by keeping her head down and her lips firmly pressed together during the remainder of the brief service even others who did not know gregory could not prevent a broad smile at the incongruous hymn he had chosen but they unitedly wailed through it for he persisted in singing it all in the most dirge-like manner they gave him credit for doing the best he could and supposed his unhappy choice resulted from haste and embarrassment in the spontaneity of social meetings people become accustomed to much that is not harmonious mr walton was puzzled his guest was certainly appearing in an unexpected role and he feared that all was not right after the meeting the brethren gathered round gregory and thanked him for his assistance and he shook hands with them and the elderly ladies present with the manner of one who might have been a pillar in the temple many of them remembered his father and mother and supposed their mantle had fallen on him an ancient mother in israel thanked him that he had started a tune that they could all sing instead of the new-fangled ones the young people are always getting up nowadays but said she i wish you could learn us that pretty one you first sang for it took my fancy amazingly i think i must have heard it somewhere before gregory gave annie another of his suggestive glances that sent her out hastily into the darkness and a moment later he joined her at the carriage steps End of chapter eleven